0: not buy into the idea of uh, plurality, membership and things like that. Is it a reason good enough to leave?
1: (laughs) Great question.
2: Um, Okay, that was it, it I I wouldn't say immediately that's a good enough reason to leave. Uh, Are are they teaching? uh, Is the gospel there? Um, Are are they true? Do they have a proper understanding of conversion? Can I work with this person? Can we have more conversations? Can we try? uh, Is there a healthier church nearby where I can go to? Um, If that's not there, then I've got to suffer here for some more time. I've got to be there. Uh, If there is a better option, then I can say goodbye and go there. That would be my take. Uh, But um, we want to see biblical practices of uh, government, of maintaining the purity in the church. But uh, if I have nowhere else to go, then... And and here, there are some things, by God's grace, which which is good and not bad. They've got the basics, you know, some of the most important things there, then I'll I'll stay back. I'll try and work with it. I don't want to be contentious. Uh, I I don't want to be a pain to my past. I want to help him, uh, you know, in a way, sort of shepherd him through something that he doesn't see. Um, And maybe that might work. Pray for him. Uh, pray that God would open his eyes to see this, that you know, it's, it's God's word, uh, in, uh, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would help him see these truths. And uh, yeah, you you've, if you've given it enough time, enough work, and you find a healthier church in the neighborhood, um, then you can probably say, okay, I, I'm gonna go because I believe these things and um, a, you know, very amicably say goodbye and join the other church, and be clear about why you left and what's going on and how hard you've tried. Just uh, be very honest about those things and then uh, go to the church that's there. But if it's not there, then stay there, stay put, and wait for God to work. It's it's God's church, he'll deal with the people.
0: One more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, Brother Stephen, you mentioned uh, uh, discipline is to be exercised in someone who doesn't show any sign of repentance. Yes. Now, what if the uh, member immediately confesses his sin, right. uh, but it's a one-time sin, Let's let's say, for example, a robbery. Right. Would you discipline him as a church, right. even though he says, I'm not going to commit a robbery again? Right. And I know the, the, uh, implications if he's a pastor are much higher, right. uh, but, uh, if he does these one-off, uh, instances, not like a continual gossip yeah. or not like a continual divisive, uh, spirit in him, but right. he does these, this person has done a one-off thing. Okay. I know, I mean, uh, if he's, um, if he's married an unbeliever, he cannot repent of it uh, unless he divorces that person. So, Maybe that things are clearer there, but mm-hmm. something like um, the the best example I could give is robbery. So right. it's a one-time act. Okay, right. the church has come to know about it, and he's still coming, and he is in some serving position in the church, right. and he has said, "I am not going to repeat it." Yeah. Would you still do something so that the church realizes that doing this is an issue for us?
3: Right, that's a very good question, and the answer is that it is very difficult for me to decide by myself. I need to discuss with the fellow elders as you, because we don't believe in a monarchical leading of the church but in the plurality of leadership so even if I decide to re- remove him or to have him I need to discuss with, the, with my fellow elders and involve some mature believers in the church and share my opinion with them and ask them what do you think about that so it is not one man's decision it is a, a church decision That is one thing. But personally speaking, uh, it depends upon the intensity of the robbery. And uh, secondly, it also depends upon what is he doing in the church, responsibilities. For example, if he is a treasurer in the church and if he robs money from the church, yeah, we definitely forgive him, but he may have to step down from his responsibility for a while until he proves himself being trustworthy. So... No, no, no. I don't think so that we can remove the membership since he is repentant. But we may remove some responsibilities in the church as an act of uh, temporal discipline so that he would take his confession seriously. And sometimes it's easier for people to confess what they are doing. But unless the discipline comes, the genuineness of that confession is not shown. When, when you discipline temporal like this, sometimes they'll say that, oh, then I'll leave the church. That shows that how, how much they have truly repented. So, but again, it is not my personal thing. I need to discuss with the plural elders and also with some mature people and then arrive at the uh, conclusion of it. But temporarily, this is my personal opinion of that.
4: I think what, I think when you think about church discipline, we are always tempted to have a list of sins that we can strike one, you're out. I think that will lead to legalism and we want to be careful of that. I think more like um, Jonathan Lehman's book on church discipline, read the small book, very helpful, talks more about gospel framework, thinking in terms of um, uh, rather than specific events, incidents, um, this sin will lead to this, then uh, just primarily in church discipline what we are saying is we don't trust your confession anymore. Your, when you say, I'm a Christian, as a church, we don't believe you anymore. We, we don't have confidence in your confession anymore. That's what church discipline eventually is. Like We are, we are withholding that affirmation of you. So we don't really know your heart. We can't you know, see what exactly is going on. But the way you are living, it's not matching the scripture. Like that's what it is, what's going on. And so if there's something, so robbery, depending on what it is, if it's very clearly the, the members, the elders together leading the church cannot in good conscience continue to affirm that person's confession anymore, then that would be withdrawn. But it, so again, again, case to case, person to person, situation to situation, different. We don't want to have a list of doing this, therefore. There, there are certain, there are certain like, I mean, if you are gonna give examples, let me say a murder or a pedophile, some, some that kind of event incident. In, even in the face of repentance, I think just the egregious, the seriousness, the the, the intensity of that um, act is just so serious that even it's very hard for us to really know the, the, the repentance going on that. Time. I think it's best in those cases for the church to go ahead with church discipline and then continue to evaluate that person as that's going on. So I think, again, I want to be very careful how to put different um, acts, but I think this is how we would follow.
5: And confessed in the church. So uh, for example, he was caught in immorality No one caught him, but he came and confessed in the church. So can he work again as a pastor there?
4: No.
6: (laughs) 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 Sir, I have a question. This is for uh, Pastor Stephen David. After we removed the church membership, uh, because we... We have confronted him but he did not confess his sin and he is not showing any sign of repentance and then we decided to remove his church membership. But he still continuing to attend the church services. Mm-hmm. So can we allow him to have in the church service and can the believers inter- interact with him?
3: Okay, right. Uh, that's a very good point. <coughs> um, that's a very good question. There are two things that I should tell you that practically speaking, practically speaking, when you implement church membership and remove the person from the membership of the church, as far as I know, in my years of experience of pastoring the church, they would never be in the church. Because of that, you know, uh, whatever that has happened, they, they leave the church. I have never found it. It could happen that they come to the church. It could happen. I don't know. I never heard of it. Maybe even if it happens. So what? the two things that are very, very important is that one is that they should not be participating in the breaking of the bread. So when you remove a person from church membership, you are removing him from the fellowship of the church, from the ministry of the church, and also from the ordinances of the church. Right? So, uh, but generally I'm telling you that they will leave when you don't have all these things. Yeah. Sir, in, villages,
6: so. in villages, this is happening, because they stay together in, in a village, and there is a church, and there is no other church, they stay in the village, They continue to attend the church services.
4: So um, I'm not trying to contradict you, but um, in our experience, we've had people in our church whom we've disciplined, church discipline, withheld communion from them, had members meeting, not a general meeting, members meeting where they were present. And we talked about things with them. It was a long process. And they continue to come to the church. We want them to come To fellowship why do we not want them to be part of the fellowship this is where they would hear gospel preached to them week in and week out but we do change the tone the the way we treat that person not disrespectfully but we're not going to treat him as if hey buddy how are you doing now it will change I think the conversation will change so we've told our church members here so and so we're not going to address this person as a brother anymore but if he comes here, we want him to come. And please talk to him, but talk about gospel, talk about repentance, talk about turning back to Jesus. And we've seen people restored. Wow. It has happened. So we've seen people come. Some There are people who have left, but there are people who have been restored too. And I, I see what you're saying about the rural uh, context. Yes. yes.
7: Yeah,
6: oh, thank no, you, sir. yeah, thank Of you. course, yes I, yes. I got done, sir. Thank Thank yes. you. Yeah.
0: Ask why and what is the? Uh, is there any provision for reinstate?
4: Um, I think I think the the office of a pastor elder, um, it has certain um, standard sanctity. We have to emulate and be an example for people. I think you just lose that by engaging in certain kinds of sin. One being adultery, very, very clearly. Can a pastor be restored to pastoral office? Um, I am probably of the minority position, school. There's a spectrum of different people think differently. I think it's just, I think, probably yes, but maybe after a long time. How long? I don't know. So I don't want to put two years, 20 years? I don't know, but a long time. But then you'll keep coming up, but how many years? A long time. I think that person needs to prove himself. Prove himself um, again. Just the trust. I think my, the, other, the, the reason why I'm saying is, Indian churches are too quick to reinstate pastors back yeah. into pastoral ministry. And they shouldn't. I think we need to have a high standard. Not perfection. But I think these, uh, yeah. I mean, there are certain sins we expect. Christians, certain sins we don't expect. And then certainly, when it comes to pastors, oh my goodness. Therefore, we've got to be more careful.
8: Uh, One of the qualifications of an elder for 73 is to be blameless, above reproach. And I'm thinking about... So until that can be restored, that characteristic that's required of an elder can be restored, I'm not sure he should be reinstated.
3: I don't say that you shepherd my wife. So he loses trust... I think that it is our conviction that that person cannot be restored because he lost the trust. He can do ministry. He can be a member of the church. He can do other things, but he cannot be a pastor. And even if there is an exception, I'm sorry, um, uh, even if there is an exception of he being restored, maybe it is after many, many years that he shows signs. Because a lot of pastors, when they are immediately restored, fall again in the same sin again. So that's why Paul says that in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and share in their sins. Because when you hastily install pastors or restore them, you are sharing in their sins because they see it as an opportunity again to sin because there is no strong discipline. Yeah. Thank you.
9: I have a question uh, to uh, Brother Nathan. You spoke on membership. Uh, <laughs> what are the practical steps do you take or does one take in a church to ensure that the confession of somebody is genuine and sorry I just also want to ask if you go through those steps what about a church that has been established but uh, may not be on the criterias that is biblical how do you go about changing the whole thing
8: Um, first of all the uh, talk about uh, uh, talking about the uh, confession and uh, how that all works—it's uh, a slow process. I would go at it very slowly um, and repetitively. Um, the word "remember" in the in the Bible is written often for a reason. And from a very experiential standpoint, I think that's what uh, that's what we want to know. How did I implement? I have uh, perhaps gone at it too fast myself um, because what we are having to do now is go back and have member interviews one-on-one because the, we're thinking about the goal for that person and goal for that church. The goal for that person as a member is to be a meaningful member which means he needs to be engaged in, uh, f- for the sake of his own sanctification uh, in his personal life right, uh, and in his personal responsibilities towards the church. The goal of uh, the church in uh, uh, accepting someone into membership is to say, we believe, we attest that this brother is really uh, a believer, uh, really in the right path. And, and if we do it fast, hastily, uh, I, think, I think what we've missed is the, uh, those two goals. A personal goal for him, corporate goal for the church, and so I think I would uh, I would do if I did it uh, very slow. I would do it slowly. As far as uh, correcting wrong uh, theology in the church or wrong confessions in the church, the word does the work. So you have to when when you when you preach the uh, the word of God, the means of grace that goes out through the preaching of God's word alone. Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
9: What I was wa- particularly asking in terms of discipline, it all boils down to the right membership, isn't it? Right. So w- what my thinking is, if you have erred in that, those areas of membership, then you're also are going to have a problem with discipline yeah. later. Yeah. So how do you rectify something that has probably gone really wrong in the membership? Okay. How do you... In the past. Right. I'm not saying in the current.
8: So, so, and uh, how do you, uh, what, can you elaborate on what, what went wrong in accepting somebody into membership, basically? Ye,
9: I mean, like when you started off saying that I am a, s- a sinner saved by grace, how do you know that is true? Yeah. So, probably there are people who are not true. Right. As members. Yeah. So, so, there we are going to have problem there.
8: Right. So, that's right? why. S- so, do it very slowly. Uh, we do have a membership application that people fill out. Uh, uh, we do have, uh, a testimony a testimony that they have to write out uh, very clear the elders do an interview with them uh, is this uh, is this uh, the elders kind of look for what are they giving out the gospel clearly my my the reason i went where i went initially is because you could follow all of these processes and still not have meaningful membership which is where we're at and my goal is uh, our goal is a meaningful member for them personally and for the corporate body that's my that was my point so uh, membership is not is not necessarily uh, uh, to to say you're in the club or out of the club that that's not what membership is about uh, now yeah when we discipline we put them out of the body but the body of christ is an organism it's not an organization We're inviting them into life in the church, right? Uh, And membership is supposed to perpetuate that life, grow that life, and cut areas where that life is not perpetuated. That's why I said we have all these mechanisms in place, but we don't, uh, we've, uh, at least me personally, I don't know if the other elder agrees with me, he's here. We we don't rely heavily on the mechanism. This is an organism. We have to work with people, figure out how this is all working in their life and in the church's life, so... There's no direct answer, sorry. (laughs) Anybody else wants to add?
6: Yeah.
2: Uh, The problem could have been anywhere, right? The problem could have began at incorrect or uh, incomplete gospel presentation. The problem could have occurred at hasty uh, membership acceptance. Somewhere, something went wrong there. Well, there are multiple places to correct it after that. You've got discipleship right? You've got preaching of God's word. It's God's word that works in people's lives. It's God at work in them, all right? You've got uh, a godly leadership, the elders. uh, People are bringing this to them directly, bringing it to the elders. So you deal with that there. It still is not working. Eventually, sin will show. Because if they're not members of the body of Christ, how do we know it? They're not, uh, they have not been transformed, from darkness into light. So there's gonna be sin, they're not gonna be repentant. They cannot be repentant and that's why they're disciplined. So that's why this is, you know, these are marks of a healthy church. So if the problem is there, there, then this, this, this is there to correct it, right? So that's how we correct uh, that situation and we, uh, we've gotta be patient with them. Sometimes they're doing things that are annoying, but not necessary, sufficient or at a place where we can discipline them, we bear with them. Right. and we keep discipling them, we keep preaching, we keep praying for them, we keep caring for them. Uh, that's what I would say.
4: There's no perfect system. We're not gods. We can't know people's heart, and people change. People are great at deception. Sometimes they deceive themselves. Um, therefore, I think, um, but, so all of what we're talking about This is not a mechanism, like, if you do this, 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 everything will be okay. But this is better than not doing anything. And this is biblical. So, uh, things like what Nathan talked about, um, interviews, uh, membership forms, having a covenant, having a clear statement of faith, these are good tools, good tools. And in different contexts, it might work differently. So in rural context, it might not be a very detailed document, but just sitting with those people several times over chai or over dinner, meal. What do you believe about Jesus? Who is Jesus? What has he done for you? And just like from various angles, you ask them the same question. So I think as a pastor, uh, elders, and not just elders, I think there are other people in the church who are constantly like probing, asking, and, and trying to ascertain as much as we can from a human perspective. Again, we can't, it's not foolproof, 100% perfect answers to the solution to that, and I think that's the best we can do. At least we're trying to be faithful. I think that is better than a lot of people, oh, don't try to judge people, or, do you, just trust people, and just like, it, yeah, that creates a lot of mess. <coughs> it's better to have some kind of mechanism to see when they say we are truly believers, are they actually, They do, do they understand, and are they willing to pay the price? Are they willing to pay the price? You have to speak up. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
5: sir, uh, uh, if anybody comes to your church, Sarnathan, and asks church membership, what do you say?" If anybody comes to your church and asks church membership, what do you say?
8: Ask to be church members. Uh, they want to. Yeah. What do I say? Yeah. Uh, well, great. Let's talk.
4: <laughs>
8: let's talk uh, over coffee or something. Let Let's get to know each other. Hmm. But I don't automatically make the members if that's the question. Yeah. Then, after after your tea. Yeah. So we have we ask about we ask questions, brothers. Well, we ask questions about the gospel. We, uh, If you are
5: asking me about the manuscript of my conversation with him... Okay, okay, that's yeah. not... But then that means you are trying to come at a point at the salvation? Uh,
8: no, Yes, uh, salvation, genuineness of their salvation, yes.
5: Okay, that means you are making salvation is necessary for church membership?
8: Yes. yes. Regenerate church membership.
5: That means you are not uh, taking salvation as a different one, but you are adding it to the church mem- means. In order to be church member, church member, you need to be saved. Yes. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay.
8: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So,
7: for example,
3: yeah. um, please listen to this carefully. It says that, and the Lord added to their number day by day in Acts chapter 2, verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The saved people were added to the church, not the unsaved people. Unsaved people can attend the church meetings, but they cannot formally become members of the church. Only those who are regenerated, saved by the gospel of Christ, only those people become part of a local church. No, 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 it hasn't changed. That's not what brother is telling. It is to affirm that these people have, are really saved in order to become the members of the church. That is what the reason we need to have conversations, membership classes, so that we as a church can affirm that this person understands the gospel, believes in the gospel, reflects the gospel in his life. Yeah.
7: For example, I'm not a member of my church. But my dad and mom, they are the members of my church. Mm. And if I elope with a girl, mm. this should be discipline, or this should not plans? be discipline. <laughs> 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 well, I asked you
4: this afternoon, when are you getting married? Actually, no, no, no.
7: Actually, normally it happens in our churches. Oh, okay. So just time to clarify.
1: That's OK. people last Answer.
7: Would you be disciplined? Okay. Would your parents Actually, be disciplined? I am not the member of my church. Okay. My mom and dad, they are the members of my church. Mm. So there should be discipline or there should not be discipline? Uh,
10: they can be told what's right and wrong, but they can't be disciplined. You, you're the one who's... Yeah, to be di- but, but the thing is, I'm not the member of my church. Yeah,
7: so they can't then discipline. Not they can't discipline. That's not your church. Right. It cannot
10: be my church right. if you're not a member of the church. Okay, you yeah, can oh, attend at that church, but that is not your church. You have lots of people attending different churches. But they're not members as long as they're not enrolled in. So...
0: He said
4: no. He's no, they're
10: not responsible. They cannot be held responsible. They can speak into his life so the pastor can, or the elders can tell him what to speak, uh, guide the parents, but they cannot be held responsible for anything that he does.
4: First of all, you should be a member of a local church.
9: <laughs> Number yeah, one. Yeah, of course, of course.
4: Okay. Yeah. So a so lot that of... Will not. Sorry? So that, will not so that you won't...
9: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> a lot of people live in uh, different metro cities like, uh, uh, like Lucknow or like Mumbai. <laughs> but they say that they're members of church somewhere in Orissa, Kerala, or I don't know, Madhya Pradesh, Jammu, Kashmir, Pakistan. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. You're a member of a church, local body. You've got to find a local body and commit to that and submit to that. We want to get that idea. I think So accountability, transparency, we want to get that thing, redeem
10: that thing. That's why we are trying to talk about this. And that's, that's the big thing. Yeah, and we do not become members just by going to a church. Yeah. By just going and sitting in a church, maybe even for five years, we do not become members by default. So. People get
4: very offended about
7: that. Yeah. Well, that's I what the Bible says. One more question. If my pastor does not interpret God's word faithfully, sometimes he allegorizes, sometimes he adds some extra words. If he's not faithful in interpreting God's word, he has to be removed or we will tolerate, in spite of knowing his faithfulness in interpreting God's word.
10: Is he faithfully preaching the gospel? I think we already kind of touched this before. Is he pre- faithfully preaching the gospel? Is he faithful to the text? Is this a one-on-time error, or is this like false teaching that he's continuously putting in? Or how bad is it? Is it just a small thing, or and you have to work through it over time. You can, uh, if if it's actually a mistake, then you can speak to him in love and uh, work through it. The first thing we should not do is. Let's run, find another church. That should not be the first thing that we should think of doing. Or let's get rid of the pastor. That should not be the first thought that comes to your mind. But how can two sinners work this uh, out? Because Christ is the one that cleanses us, right? So you need to understand that you are as sinful as him as well. So we need to look at our hearts and see how we are. And see that he sins different than I
2: All right, I'll I'll answer your um, other question now. You said your church, one of the pastors, is doing some wrong teaching. Now, if it's false teaching, it's one of your pastors, you've got to uh, talk to your other pastors and and, and they'll they'll deal with him, all right? So- uh,
7: I have only one pastor, I I do not have two pastors. Okay, you said one of
2: my pastors, so I I assume there are more pastors. All right. Uh, And if, uh, well, Well the responsibilities of the church, I said, the leadership, there are different uh, levels, the congregation, that is a body of members, a meaningful membership, they have covenanted together to guard the gospel, that is, they will make sure that there's faithful teaching, if there's not faithful teaching, then they're allowing false teachers in, right? Uh, If they've done that, uh, then if they recognize it, they've gotta fire him. But I'm not gonna be, you know, I'm not gonna tell you go fire your pastor individually. I I don't know your situation, but uh, we shouldn't have false teachers in the pulpits that's the job of the congregation as a whole we've got to guard the gospel but i'm not asking you to go fire your pastor because i don't know your situation i don't know which church you're from i don't know what the problem is i don't know if you correctly know whether he's teaching rightly or not so i'm not telling you to go fire your pastor i'm telling you what the bible expects of a godly a biblical congregation a healthy church to do when they have a false teacher serving them, that's not acceptable, right? They have to be fired. Uh, the the question on ordination, I'm going to pass here.
1: No. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so most of these churches, um, especially I think, Edison, you're talking about elders in the church. Uh, churches that are functionally uh, a set of elders. You know, there is a if the church is registered as a trust or society, you have the office bearers, the trustees. Uh, how, how do we you know uh, demark I mean do we also have a set of elders other than the uh, because functionally uh, uh, the the office bearers need to be there you know, for all the admin purposes so how can can you just elaborate on that and also the hierarchy of of, of that church how how does it work where the the, the pastor is not the... Uh, head of the church, as per the law of the land, so he's not in the trustee. So can I just elaborate or throw some light on that?
2: Uh, let's understand one thing. Um, our government did not create trust, society, company with churches in mind. Right. So obviously none of those models work really well uh, in when, it, when we have the Bible. So we've got to deal with it and how we deal with it would change. Now, this, this is, there are many complications to this. Are your trustees uh, good standing members in your church? Are they faithfully serving the church as trustees and uh, you know bearing legal responsibility for the church? If that's happening, you don't have a problem. You have a problem when they're disgruntled and and they're holding back uh, the the trust duties from uh, the church. So um, should the elders be on the board, etc. That we would leave those decisions to individual churches. There are many ways to go about it, uh, and. Uh, There are better uh, organizations to teach you that, all right, Uh, how to go about the legal processes for it. Uh, But should all the elders be on the board? Well, that's additional tasks for them. Should they, can they be, yes, who's stopping them from being do they want to do that as well so this is a church to church conversation and I, I, I wouldn't uh, do that should the pastor be there on the board sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not it's, it depends on context to context uh, so I cannot give you an answer that would be helpful but I'm willing to hear you out maybe later and see wh- you know what you've got, I, I, I could take that offline and your second question was The hierarchy for, how does it work with, uh, uh, among the elders? Well, uh, they're all equal in authority. Uh, By gifting, they would have varied gifts, They bring various gifts to the table. There isn't one person who has a greater vote than the other person, Uh, but by virtue of gifting, we would see that perhaps one among them may stand out, Uh, and uh, he doesn't get more say than the others. Uh, He cannot uh, uh, overrule the others, but um, he may be responsible for uh, primarily for preaching. So he he would do a chunk, uh, a major chunk of the preaching and leading the church in a direction, but he's doing it along with the shepherds, the other elders. He's not doing it by himself. He's doing it with their support, with their confidence. Uh, and in that sense, um, they're all equal there isn't like okay he's grade one grade two grade, it's, it's not a government service uh there there isn't like okay you do this first for a few years then you reach here and then you reach here no uh they're 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 equal some of them may be full-time some of them may be vocational. all of them may be vocational. all of them may be full i mean uh, we want a, a, a mix but we don't want a mix for the sake of having a mix all right it's what god in his providence has given us would well, that be okay
4: yeah. great, so, anybody else other than you last last <laughs> one no 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 anybody else? <laughs> yes that guy <laughs>
6: right. sir uh, when we present the gospel clearly and faithfully we know that the Holy Spirit works and he uh, gives the conviction and they repent but nowadays we see in the gospel meeting after the preacher preaches the gospel We usually see them giving the altar call, asking them repeatedly, is there anyone? Can you raise your hand? Would you please stand up? And then finally they stand up and then we call them aside and counsel them. Is it it the right way to do that? Because we know that it's the the Holy Spirit that works. And we also see uh, when Peter preached on the Day of Pentecost, it's the people who came forward and said, what shall we do? It's not the Peter who asked them. So what do you think, sir? Is it the right way that the preachers are doing today?
10: Yeah, so the altar call thing is not in the Bible. It's not a biblical. Except when Stephen David preaches about
8: discipline, then you should come for it, right, brother?
10: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so altar calls, repeat this prayer after me. All these things are things that have been added by people, these are not biblical. You do not see. Paul, a uh, Peter in Acts, stand up and say, "Those who accept Christ, raise your hand." And all of you accept, come in front and repeat this prayer after me. You do not see that happening anywhere in the New Testament. Uh, is there a prayer? Yes, prayer of repentance. Is there, is there like a special prayer that said, which we have to recite and after that we can say, "Now because you've said this prayer, you're a believer." No, there's nothing such as that in the Bible. So all these are things that have been added which people may think would be helpful but it's not actually helpful so
6: So uh, calling them to ask them to repeat the prayer but uh, they they explain the gospel more uh, try to make them understand the gospel but what they do is they repeatedly they ask them to stand up that's what i'm asking sir Uh,
10: to stand up to do what to accept. Stand up God. meant
6: that is that that is what they're showing their willingness to accept
10: Christ. I think any form of tell them to make them feel that they've become a Christian by doing that is not biblical. So just by making them walk in front or stand up or saying a prayer would would give a false assumption to any person, making them feel like they are a believer because I stood up or because I walked uh, in front or because I repeated a prayer are things we should avoid because we will tend to make people think wrongly about their conversion and therefore it's not biblical and we should not do it. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, uh, in my
8: years of pastoral experience, uh, it's dangerous mm-hmm. to do that. You have given an assurance of salvation for somebody that it might not be saved when you do those kind of things. And you have been a, a, a participant in sending them straight to hell if you have done that. The, it's, it's, it's a scary, I grew up in that kind of environment. And so I have, uh, I'm very sensitive to this thing because uh, scare tactics don't convert people. Marketing does not convert people. Uh, it is uh, Jesus who came to save sinners. And only Jesus saves people. So that's why. All right, uh, I think we're out of time. Unfortunately, we're, uh, time runs out when we're having fun. Uh, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Brother Mario here to say a few words. He want to say a few things. Please don't forget to go to All India Pastors Conference uh, website, register. When is, uh, do we have, uh, at the uh, end of Jan, you can, uh, it'll be updated and you'll get more information about that. Yeah. But, Brother uh, Mario, go ahead. And thanks for coming. Really appreciate
6: it.